Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the Webby-nominated podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books has been sponsored by Himalaya, the best app for discovering, listening, and organizing podcasts. Himalaya was nice enough to reach out and make me an editor's choice, so now they're a sponsor. Check them out at Himalaya.com or in the App Store. Lisa Perry is an internationally renowned fashion designer. Asuline recently released her new book, Lisa Perry, Fashion, Homes, Design. The foreword was written by Hillary Clinton, text and photography by Robin Lee. Formerly from Riverwoods, a Chicago suburb, Lisa graduated from the Fashion Institute of Technology and went on to work for her family textile business before launching her own fashion brand, Lisa Perry Style. She currently lives in New York, North Haven, and the south of France with her husband. So welcome, Lisa. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thank you for having me. This is such a treat. I've been staring at this coffee table book of yours on my coffee table since it came out, and it's so gorgeous, and I just love it. This hot pink circle, it's just the best cover ever. Love. Thank you. (laughs) I love it too. So tell me what it was like working on this book and collaborating with both Hillary Clinton on the foreword and Robin Lee on the photography and the text. How did you even start this book? Tell me the whole story. Okay. It's really been an incredible process. I think I, in the back of my mind, I always wanted to have a book and, you know, to have all of my maybe 20 years of design projects under one cover was, you know, really, would it be a dream? And then there was an event at my home here in North Haven that the Asulines were invited to. And they were walking around the home, and I'm sure as they always do, because they have, you know, a ton of incredible books on every subject. They said, oh, you know, this is really, this is really beautiful and interesting. And, you know, how much of this did you have, you know, did you have to do with this? And I said, well, I love design and it really is my passion. I love home design. And so they kind of piqued their interest. And then they went to my apartment in the city and then they said, you know, what else do you have? Like, tell me about your world. And that's really how it came to be. And they said, we'd love to do a book. So cool. But they didn't know about even your fashion business either? Or they They knew about that too? Yes, they did. They did. The event we were doing was for one of their books called Dinner with Jackson Pollock, which was really, really cool. And it turns out that Robin Lee did that book. And that's how it came to be. So I met Robin and she is, you know, you immediately fall in love with her. She is... Australian and so warm and so wonderful. And I wasn't sure if it was the exact right fit uh, because I said, you know, she was doing, she does food and she did these beautiful, beautiful books, but kind of close-up shots. And so when Martine Asuline suggested Robin, it took me a minute, but I love the idea of working with a woman. And then we immediately connected and it was just the most incredible experience. You know, people have said to me, don't do a book. Don't ever do a book. It's, you know, it's, it's just, it's so much work and time and you don't have any control. Well, it was the complete opposite experience with Robin and with Asuline. It was amazing. Did she sit you down and interview you? How did she get all the background or did you walk around all of your homes and just explain? I mean, there was a lot of information there. We did all of that. All of that, yeah. We did all of that. We first started with all the homes. She started with the Hamptons home. Um, We have a home in the south of France that she came to twice and she came to the city, you know, the city apartments and 
she was just willing and even, and she lives in Australia. So she was just, she was really, really flexible and just a pleasure. And then the added bonus was that she's also a writer. So she helped do all the text and it was just incredible. I could not have had a, I could not have had a better experience and I highly recommend it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, will do. And tell me about Hillary Clinton writing the foreword. It was interesting how she said her father had started in the textile business. You're both from Chicago suburbs. You have all this stuff in common. Tell me more about that. I know. It was really, I go back 20 years with Hillary starting at her um, 98 Senate campaign. I am an incredible fan and admirer. And so she was the person that I immediately thought of. And because the thing that people do not know about Hillary is she also has a love and passion for design. And I, you know, was fortunate enough to visit the White House when she was there as First Lady. And, you know, she would show us the sculpture garden and and the home. And you could tell it was something that she was really interested in. So How cool would it have been if you could have gotten into the White House and made it like a Lisa Perry style? That would have been the best. Right? How cool would that (laughs) be? I mean, that would be amazing. That was was a dream in the back of my mind. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And so beside the fact that we have that connection to Chicago Mm -hmm. and our fathers, who were both in the textile business, and the fact that we both love Chicago hot dogs, that... (laughs) Very, very important. Just the two of you. Just the two of us. A Just unique the two love. Of us. That's right. <laughs> and so it was incredible. And I really only thought about Hillary and I just kept crossing my fingers because, you know, she has her own book coming out and she had obviously a lot a on lot her plan, a lot going on <laughs> always. And so I was so thrilled and honored that she said that she would write it. And tell me about how you originally got into the textile business. I know you're, this was your family business. It was. that. That's exactly how that happened. And I worked, you know, as my brothers and sister did. We all worked in the family business and my mom. And is this like, like it, what, from what age? How early did were you recruited to help out? I would say starting in high school, okay. we all we all kind of helped out, and it was just kind of a, a natural progression. When I decided to go to FIT, my major was textile technology. It wasn't fashion, okay. and even though I loved fashion, it was really to learn another side of the business and to learn really how to learn about the dyes and the printing of fabric and really a more technical area. And so I left to go to New York, and my parents probably knew in the back of their minds that I wouldn't return to Chicago. And, and you did it. <laughs> and then, how did you end up launching your own line? Like, how did you go from technology, learning the ins and outs, to then this amazing, visually arresting, unique style that you brought forward? Right. So I think that really it was about. The fact that I didn't go back and work in the family business, and then I got married and had twins. And so I, there was a long span between, for me, from school to going back to work. And I just started to fall in love with, and I don't know exactly how it happened, but fall in love with vintage fashion. And it was... I actually know how it happened. It was on a trip to Paris. May actually have been on my honeymoon. And I fell in love with the store Courage. 
And I loved this. I loved this style. And I fell in love with everything about the 60s. I became very focused on this era. And so people would know Pucci and Courage and Pierre Cardin and Rudy Gernreich and Saint Laurent and these really the greats of design in the 60s. And I became very focused on it. I was first doing the fashion. And then when we bought a new apartment in New York City, I decided to also kind of expand my love to the home. And so we did a very focused apartment and then we expanded to art. And so it really became my whole world. And then at what point did you open the store on Madison Avenue, which I'm so sad is no longer there? Yes, that was really, really fun and a great store. So from my vintage collection, people, they were always commenting on what I was wearing. And, you know, they would mention, you know, what designer is that? And I would always say it's vintage. And enough people said enough times, you should really do something because they they can't, you know, they, you can't find it. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, you know, one piece in a vintage store. It's not like I could send somebody back to that store. And so I thought about that. And I kind of, my, my love of, it went back to my love of textiles and fabrics and the great designs, my vintage collection. It was really about how incredible the fabric was and the design, of course, but a very simple designs, very clean mm-hmm. and classic. And so I said, okay, Let me try it. And this was in about 2006. I decided to um, call a friend who um, I knew was also a vintage collector, but may know somebody who could help me make some samples. And that's really how it began. And I wasn't planning on really turning it into a business other than kind of doing it for friends Mm -hmm. from my like loft in Soho. And instead, a great retailer called Jeffrey, which Mm -hmm. some people know, he has a store on 14th Street in New York. He saw my, you know, 10 samples and he said, I want to carry your collection. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't know what that (laughs) means and I'm not doing that. But he said, you know, I'll hold your hand through it and I'll make it painless and let's do this. You have a great focus here and this could be really good. Wow. And, and, and that's really how it started. And then I started selling in, you know, Bergdorf and Nordstrom and Harrods and Bloomies and then moved to Barney's where, you know, my line is carried exclusively. Wow. And tell me about your use of color, because you say in the book how yellow is your favorite color, you, or I don't know if it still is, but that was, it was mentioned. And all of these pops of color, even in those guest rooms in your North Haven house, how each one is like the red or the green yes. and the yellow, like they each have their own little pop of accent. How color really improves people's lives and what you're thinking is behind your choice of colors. I believe that, you know, through experience and also in having my own stores and really working in the stores and working with customers, I saw that every time I kind of put on, and one of my signature colors is like the book cover, that hot pink, I would literally witness a transformation of people's mood. And people, they were resistant. They were saying, no, 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 I can never wear hot pink. You know, everybody in New York walks in in black and gray and, you know, very neutral colors. And I said, just try it. And I would witness that transformation. And it was something 
you know, very striking. It's not like I didn't know it because I'd always been a lover of color, but it was tested time and time again in my store and um, with customers. And so I just, I've always, I love, and, you know, kind of moving it to the home space, I love white Mm -hmm. with pops of color. That really is the best combination, is just a beautiful white palette and then, you know, adding color. And, you know, more recently, I got into these, you know, primaries, and I love primary colors also. So it's really not a, I call my love of color, it's, it's more pure colors. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I was never a fan of like, you know, dusty rose mm-hmm. or dusty blue. You know, I really like pure saturated color. And I think that that is something that, you know, we embrace in all of my, in, in clothing and in home products and in the way I design also homes. So I've interviewed Ingrid Fatel lee a couple times, both on the podcast and in person. She wrote this book called Joyful, The Surprising Power of Ordinary Things to Create Extraordinary Happiness. And her book and her message have stayed with me and I feel like apply so much here. She was a design student originally and then broke down all these different categories into how design, the elements of the design how they affect you emotionally. And she broke it down into things like play and things like circles. And if you have different pops of color and circles. Anyway, everything she said in her book is what you do. <laughs> so wow. anyway, I should, have given, I should have bought you a copy. I'll send you a copy. But it's, it's literally, you're like the embodiment of her whole philosophy, which, and she was sort of like, you know, you don't have to go to a yoga class to make yourself happy. You don't have to do all this internal work. Sometimes just your surroundings are enough to create the kind of happiness that people strive for their whole life. I I love that. I definitely want to read that book. And I agree. I don't know about not needing any. Well, no, I mean, you can't be like, okay, I mean, I took took it too far. I took it too far. But if you're at the margins. That no yoga, no no, exercise. No, no, no. I'm not saying, oh gosh, anyway. (laughs) Well, I, right. I I think that. Yoga um, is still good. Yes. Okay. Okay. We we love all you. Yes. Keep doing yoga. I just mean, if you put a hot pink circle in your room, you will be happy immediately. She's absolutely right. And it has been my philosophy and I don't know even know you know where that came from mm-hmm. but I do have this passion for circles and geometric shapes and I think that I again I I think that it's about feedback from my customers and people who love my design who say that they just put my circle placemats mm-hmm. with the words happy, fun, yep. joy, love on their table in a house that it probably is mostly neutral. And they put this on the table and not only, you know, every time somebody walks through their kitchen or their dining room, people smile. And their kids decide every night which different place to sit at. I want to be at happy tonight. I want to be you know, at fun. And so I think that these small elements... It can be a small thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, a whole environment. And I think that we see that it definitely brings joy. And I think that Ingrid, you know, is, you know, absolutely right. Yeah, it's funny. We're kindred spirits. We should, we should probably meet. <laughs> you should meet. In New York, and it's so neutral in the room we're in right now, but in New York, we have our house is like full of color. And I find most people who come over say to me, you're so brave. 
right? Because I have all this hot fame. I'm like, why am I brave? I don't even understand. Like, thank you. Thank you. Because I have hot pink in my living room and I used to have this hot pink bathroom. And I don't know. Like Kyle, my husband loves color and we're just like, it, it does. And you see people... But it, but it is true. Respond you, to it. Yes, and you use the word brave, and I think that it is about, it is a fear. It's a fear in people of, you know, going out of their comfort zone in, um, you know, in everything in life. And so it translates to home as well. And so I think that it's just, it's it's very safe to stick with neutrals, and it's brave to add color. And so we're brave. (laughs) We'll take it. So tell me about this new thing you're working on where you're designing homes. Tell me this whole, where you're taking your home design passion now. Right. So it's a very exciting project. I feel like, you know, in my book, it shows, you know, six different projects that, you know, I've worked on for myself and my family. And I felt at this point, you know, it it resonates a lot with with people. People love the style and not everybody knew that I had, you know, this passion. But most people know about my fashion, you know, business and my, you know, tabletop accessories and other home accessories. But this is something that I have always loved. And I feel that I think there's enough people now over the years that have said, I love your style. I love your style. And I think that, you know, when you hear that enough and you have this entrepreneurial spirit that I have and you love and I love working, I think that I said, okay, what can I do now? And so I decided to go into this kind of do these Lisa Perry branded homes. And so I'll find a home that, you know, is kind of my style to begin with, although I know I'm going to be changing it a lot, as I always Mm do. But it has to have some good, you know, kind of the bones, which is, you know, I love a flat roof and I love symmetry and I love big open spaces. So I feel like that's kind of been my signature to get into a house. And if it has lots of walls and small rooms, I'll immediately take all the walls down and open it up. And that's kind of where I start. That's my blank canvas. And so I feel like this this business is something that uses all of my skills, the, everything that I love. And so I'll buy a home and I'll renovate it. And then if it has some existing cool features, like a beautiful like travertine floor, I'll work with that. If it has you know some moldings that are interesting, I'll work with that. If it doesn't have anything interesting, I'll start from scratch. And so far, I've looked in many cities and bid on a lot of things, but I really have just found one that I wanted to start with. And so I have a prototype now, almost where, where almost ready in Palm Beach. Okay. Palm awesome. Beach, Florida. And I think that in the next couple months, anybody listening can buy it. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really been it's really been fun. And I've searched for, you know, a year and a half, done vintage furniture, found vintage furniture, did some new furniture. I have done all the art and I had a focus on women artists to start for this first project. And some are artists that people have heard of. Some are some new artists that I discovered. And I'll put in some, you know, Lisa Perry accessories. And it's been 
you know, really, really fun. So, and people, they can see pictures, you know, on my Instagram. So that's really neat. Have you thought about decorating, like not buying the house to begin with, but decorating for other people who already own their houses? I have thought about that and I've been asked and that is like a straight out no. Okay. (laughs) Because I guess I don't like people to, I make very quick decisions Mm -hmm. and it's something that's like really important to me Mm -hmm. and that's not something that a lot of people do. And so it's not, I, I, I don't think it's a process that I would uh, that I would love. I really would like to do it and have somebody, you know, walk in and fall in love with it and, you know, kind of and all they have to do is hang their clothes up in the closet. Wow. That's so cool. Maybe you should sell the clothes. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it I'm should sell- come with Yeah, every- yeah. Well, I've already I've curated the closet with some of with some like really fun vintage clothes and yeah, they can have that too. Oh my gosh. They can have that too. I'm coming to see this house. If you don't sell it within two seconds, I, yeah, it's I really, it's it really, really, it's really, really been fun. That sounds great. So, is that one of your sort of secrets of success here? It's just everything that sounds fun, throwing yourself into it and trying it. It sounds like that might be what it. That sounds like a theme. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it actually has been. It, it actually has been something that I feel when you know a woman puts herself out there to work, it's a big, you know, it's a big deal to work and, and you know, build a career. And so if you can, it should be something you love. Especially it's your own brand. I mean, it's right. not that you're just out there, you know, working for... Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know true. what I mean? It's like you're building, yes. your, it's all yes. you. Yes, it's my name. It's your name, <laughs> it's your vision, it's like... Yes, yes, name. yeah. And I think that that's one of the most interesting things that I found out about this this whole business. And I don't want to jump too far ahead, but this thing about, you know, what I would, what advice... Yeah, no, let's go right there. That's yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. what advice, give, you know... Advice. you give, bring that, it. <laughs> yeah, I think that... And, you know, I've had to think about this a lot because it is a question in different, you know, articles and stuff that I've been interviewed for. Having a focus, having a, the, 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 the thing I'm most proud of over the years is I've built a brand DNA. If somebody said, and, and not everywhere in the world, mostly in New York, if somebody says Lisa Perry, an image comes to their mind. And it's a very... It's, it's something that is important in a brand. So young people starting out, if they have a focus and they have something that they, you know, whether it's whatever, if they like, you know, the 20s or they like the 50s or whatever era, you know, they like in design, if you stay focused and you're not all over the place, you will become known for something. And then I think that it's, you know, as long as it's not too narrow, and I'm also willing to to branch out. I, you know, it's not like I, in my 60s design, it's not like I'm still doing like a little, you know, shift dress with white go-go boots and, you know, long earrings. You, you make it modern for today. But this is a great way to be able to build on a brand because I know already what my, you know, if I was going to design a bicycle, I know what that's going to look like. If I was, you know, whatever it is, an iPhone cover, uh, anything, lighting, because it stays within a focus and we have a, we have a strong DNA. So I, I think that is really important advice to 
kind of narrow in on something and stay with that. Love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your experience and for the production of this beautiful book, which is really like mouth-watering. Oh, <laughs> thank you. It's my pleasure. Thanks again to today's sponsor of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, Himalaya, the best app for discovering, listening, and organizing podcasts, Himalaya.com. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. You can follow me on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Thanks for listening. You could always email me at zibby at zibbyowens.com. Dot com.